Welcome back to another episode of Petty's Pod. We got the new schedule being put in place this week. So today we're going to open it up with Premier League and Champions League talk. Controversial weekend in the Premier League. Me and Will will talk about that today and make Champions League predictions because it is starting tomorrow and Wednesday. First games of the Champions League. But moving on to the rest of the week, we got Wednesday NFL podcast. We got a couple people coming on for that. Going to make picks. Going to be a fun podcast. And then Thursday or Friday, college football. So it should be a fun week, but we're kicking off with Premier League and Champions League today with Will Franzen once again. So hope you stay tuned in and let's get straight to it. All right, welcome back into the studio. We got Will on call once again. What's going on, Will? What's up? So yeah, we'll get straight into it. Another Prem pod and... uh We'll open it up with the VAR decisions coming this weekend, kind of exploding the internet a little bit. Where there's multiple, from multiple games. Uh, it started off in the Liverpool game, but really the controversy was in the Chelsea game when Chelsea was up 2-1 in the 90th minute against West Ham. Reese James kind of had it, tried to head it back to Mendy. Mendy came out, got a little touch on it. Jared Bowen proceeded to like run over Mendy a little bit, caught him with his leg. Ball came out to a West Ham player to, to finish it and make it 2-2, but... The goal was disallowed for a foul on Mendy. So, Will, I know you're a Chelsea fan, and so am I. So, it was pretty lucky, but what are your what are your honest thoughts on, on the call from VAR on this one? As an honest Chelsea fan, I have to say, I don't think um, it should have been overturned. If you would have made the on-field decision um, and say that it was a foul on Mendy, then it would have been different. But I do think Mendy makes the most of it because he knows that uh, Cornet is going to score after he, like, kind of fumbles the ball. So, um, obviously, I was super relieved as a Chelsea fan, but if I was a West Ham fan or a neutral, I'd be looking at that, and I would um, I'd be, I'd be fuming. And I've, I've listened to a couple different takes on this, um, especially the one in the Chelsea game. Uh, do you think that Mendy being kicked, and obviously, you know, he tries to sell it, but in my personal opinion, I think if, if he just got up, he still could have saved it. So if he wasn't kicked there or if he wasn't, you know, fouled, whatever, he, he could have gotten up and made an impact on Cornet. So a lot of people have said, I don't think that kicking him affected him enough to for, for the call to be made. But me personally, I think that if Mendy wasn't kicked there, he could have gotten up and made a save. What do you think about that? Yeah. No, I agree with that. And it's kind of annoying because it's a trend for goalkeepers to make the most of any contact that hits them. And then, um, like referees have kind of given into that and like overprotected goalies in my opinion mm-hmm. and something like that like like that that goal should have stood i remember a game last year when it happened to De Gea against crystal palace and crystal palace scored because De Gea just flopped and that goal stood i think we should see more of that to teach goalies that it's it's okay for, like it's a contact sport and goalies um like they should be allowed to be touched a little bit I know they're protected a little um, more than outfield players, but like it, it's stupid when they just get touched and they act like they had a season-ending injury like Mendy did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's our take on the Chelsea one. Moving on to, I don't know if you've seen this one, Will, but a lot of people reacted to the one in the Brighton game. I'll just explain it. I don't really have a that big of a take on it, but Cross came in for Brighton against Leicester. They won 5-2, but it was 2-2 at this point. Cross came in. Um, bicycle kick attempt from a Brighton player who was offsides. He touched the ball and then was cleared away 
by a Leicester player right out to McAllister on the top of the box. He scored a worldly of a goal that was disallowed because of the offside. And in my opinion, a lot of people are saying like he didn't have an effect on the play. It was still cleared by a Leicester player or whatever. If you touch the ball and you're in an offside position, it needs to be overturned. So I think that one's pretty obvious. And then moving on to the third one, though, which Will and I disagree on, I think. Um, the one in the Man United game where Man United are kind of like, they're kind of dominating first 10 minutes of that game yesterday. And then there was a foul on Bruno Fernandez, I think it was. Or no, it was Christian Eriksen and Odegaard committed the foul. But it wasn't called in real time. And then a ball was played through to Martinelli, who finished it to make it 1-0 Arsenal. The call was eventually overturned to a foul before the in the buildup of the play, I think is what they say. So, Will, what, what's your take on the Arsenal one? I think we disagree. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a couple of things I want to say on that incident. First of all is, um, like, when Paul Tierney was called over to look at it, he looks at it in slow motion. I And this has been a consistent thing that referees have done is look at fouls in slow motion, like half speed, quarter speed, to determine whether it's a foul. I think you have to look at it in real time. And then if you're going to go to VAR, you look at it again in real time. Because when you slow it down, it always looks like a foul. And to me, that was really soft. I think the goal should have stood for Arsenal. Uh, when you look at it in real time, it doesn't look like a foul. When you look at it at full speed on VAR, it doesn't look like a foul. But then when you start to slow it down, like there obviously is some contact on Ericsson. And like I watched Odegaard's post post-match um, press conference and he said he barely touched him which looked to be true but it was given as a foul and then the second thing I want to say on VAR um, is that like every foul is subjective right so like before we had VAR um, like there would be one team that was furious at referees in the, like during the game and like after the game they would be talking about you know, corrupt referees. VAR is simply taking the blame away from referees and onto VAR. Like, it's not like VAR is ruining a decision because decisions are subjective and there's always going to be a set of fans that, you know, disagree with the decision. But I think VAR has improved the game in that more calls are accurate. Mm, I, so, yeah. I, I agree. So I think, yeah. So I think it's good. And so for all the people saying, like, we should just abolish VAR completely, I think that's nonsense. Yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree with that. I think that, you know, when it goes against your team, you know, obviously you're not happy with the decision. But in the end, like, I think it's good for the sport. Uh, a lot of people disagree with that. But, I mean, and like the one in the Brighton game, if you're offsides, you're offsides. And, you know, ref can't see that in real time. And that's why VAR is there. Um, are the checks too long sometimes? Yeah, that's every sport, NBA, NFL, you know reviews are a little too long but is there your occasional offside call on a goal that's 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 really not so smart with you know with the lines and measuring arms and like toes and stuff like that that gets a little hectic in my opinion and i think that's the worst part about it but yeah i i, I totally agree with will that var var is honestly has it hasn't helped the sport but i think it, it should it should remain um it should remain there to be honest but yeah, that's just my and, opinion um like, offside decisions are pretty black and white. And it is stupid that um, sometimes you celebrate a goal, but in the back of your mind you're like, I could have been offsides or that might have been a foul. But that's just something we have to deal with in this day and age in order to, like, live with the right call most of the time. Mm -hmm. 
And Will, uh, like one question for you is that you know Will went to the the Chelsea Leicester game last weekend. I mean, when Sterling scored twice, did you did you think that because one of them, he, you know, there was a VAR VAR review, I think, uh, for offsides. Do you like when we scored and everyone's going crazy in the back of your mind? Are you like, well, let's wait to see if if there's a VAR overturn here. Um, and how do the fans react too to that? Honestly, I don't remember there being a VAR check, which. Do you remember which Sterling goal you're talking about? I think like he might have been off, like in the first half or something. But like even when the even when we there wasn't a VAR check on the goals, like like do yeah, fans I do? do... Re- I do remember there was an important VAR check, um, and it's kind of like a set of fans are, are, are like celebrating, and then the stadium just kind of goes quiet, and there's like whatever you're just waiting for a decision. But that's fine. Like if that's what it takes to get the right decision, like that's cool with me, and I think that's cool for most. Uh, fans as well mm-hmm. yeah i totally agree um that's our take on var we're going to move on to reviewing a couple games here there's some good games this weekend um and we'll let's get straight into that and maybe we'll make some uh, champions league picks later in the episode all right moving on from var we're going to talk about the real games this weekend and last time we did this podcast actually we opened it with a big manchester united win over liverpool we're going to do that again and but this time it's against arsenal man united Three one winners over Arsenal. Marcus Rashford with a two goals and an assist to new signing Anthony. Um, Bakayo Sako made it one one for Arsenal, but in the end it wasn't enough. So, we'll we'll start with Arsenal in this game. You know, a lot of coming out of the game. You know, this was the first real team that Arsenal have played this season. United kind of on the come up right now with four straight wins. Do you think that the drop off for Arsenal after this game is going to be significant, or do you think that this is just a tough game for them home? or away to Man United with a new signing for them, the crowd's fired up, stuff like that. So do you think they drop off after starting unde- with, with an undefeated record going 5-0? No. no, not at all. If anything, actually, um, like I, I wasn't sure of Arsenal going into the game because they didn't have the hardest schedule. But I thought they played really get, really well against Man United. And if anything, like <clears throat> it showed me how well they can play against like a top team. So as a Chelsea fan, I'm more scared now, I would say, of Arsenal than before the Man United game, even though they lost. Um, I thought Jesus, like, I was so impressed by him. Like, I'm mad Chelsea didn't go after him this summer after watching that game. He's absolutely world class. And they they really looked good in the first 15 minutes of that second half. Um, I thought they could have stolen the game, but... Obviously, they didn't defend properly with the high line. But, like, I thought they looked really good um, and could definitely challenge for top three this year. I mean, I, like, I somewhat disagree with you, but I also think that they don't drop off significantly after that game. But I do disagree with you because of the fact that they play a decent enough front line and the defense collapses and that's a problem and I'm looking at that back line every game thinking how are they playing so well Gabriel Saliba who actually kind of got exposed by Sancho yesterday a little bit Zinchenko and you know the right back is always up for guys Tomiyasu Tavares like uh there's there's Ben White yeah Ben White isn't a right back he he played yesterday I was forgetting about him he's not a right back he cannot cross the ball um but I think that that's my only concern with this Arsenal team. I think you know their attacking players are great. They've had a great start this season. Odegaard, Jesus, like Will said, Martinelli, Bakayo Saka, Smith Rowe coming back to fitness. Um, 
but I think that they don't drop off too much, but I don't see them beating a big team anytime soon. They play Tottenham in a few weeks. I don't see them winning that game, whether it's home or away. I disagree heavily. But, okay, let's go through it. All right, Liverpool. All right, we can disrespect Liverpool a little bit. Arsenal kills Liverpool. Liverpool is not good. <laughs> wow. Well, what I, what I also will say about yesterday is, like, you forget they should have been winning 1-0 after, like, 40 minutes. Because of that Martinelli goal. Yeah, like, that, that would have changed the game. In my opinion, that should have stood. And that obviously changed the course of the game. And it's not like Man United had like a ton of chances to score. Like They, they just really capitalized on the ones they got. Which is credit to Rashford, who's really coming in his own again. I, um, I, I disagree with that. They had chances. They dominated first 10 minutes. You know, Next five minutes was dominated by Arsenal after the Martinelli thing. And, and United was kind of hanging on. Uh, until they scored the opener like around the 37 minute mark but that the rest of that first half they were hanging on um and then at the start of the second half they gave up a goal and then were hanging on again but i think as soon as they got the second goal you know arsenal kind of like fell apart it was kind of 50 50 from there no for sure but it's not like yeah but it's not like if that game is played 10 more times that that happens like arsenal didn't capitalize on the chances they got and like they had an unlucky decision against them like Pretty much everything that could have gone against Arsenal did. And and I thought they played well. Like, I thought Arsenal's peaks in yesterday's games were higher than Man United's peaks. They just had problems at the back dealing with Rashford's pace. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I think Will and I both think that Arsenal don't drop off significantly from here. I think they're still huge top four contenders. Um, but moving on to Man United now, who have actually moved into... A, a good spot in top six position after starting off so horrendously against you know four zero to Brentford losing to Brighton who's actually Brighton's actually really good. Um, they just yeah. beat Leicester five two. Uh, they're not a joke. Um, but for Man United though, this front three if Rashford can keep this form going and and Sancho Sancho has also been on form this season with Anthony there. I know we'll we'll actually let's start off with Anthony. Um, new signing hundred million dollars gets a goal in his debut but didn't look that convincing in my opinion. No, no, and that's what I was saying before we started recording. Like, he's got to be. I like. I'm sorry to say this. I know he scored, but he doesn't move me. Like, I I think he's one of the most overrated players in the world right now. Like, he has. I know he's young and he has potential, but he doesn't. Like, when he gets the ball, he doesn't drive at defenders or like really create anything. Um. And for a hundred million, like you kind of need one of those two qualities. So, like it's a long season. We'll see if he improves. But um, yeah, I wasn't that impressed with him yesterday. Yeah, I totally agree. But looking at front three, you know, you got Ronaldo off the bench, Alanga as well, who's a good player. Um, with Ericsson. I think I think United are still ha- they haven't hit their full potential because I think the way if you look at how Real Madrid plays with a sole six, um, and then the two attacking mids and Cruz and uh, Modric. That I think United can easily do that with Casemiro as a sole six and then Bruno and Eriksen as two tens because Eriksen yeah. yesterday was playing as a box box midfield. I don't like that at all. But yeah, well, well, to be fair, like McTominay and Eriksen both had terrific games. Yeah, McTominay, yeah. that's the best game I've ever seen from yeah. McTominay. And they have been very good for the past few games. So credit to both of them. And Bruno as well, I thought was pretty good. Even though Bruno hasn't been playing well, but a lot of people yesterday said that you know he's back. Um, yeah, credit to United. The defense looks the best that it's looked since Ferguson, to be honest with you, Will. 
Yeah, that's true. I think they're being a little overrated at the moment. I know they've only conceded like two goals in the past four or five games or whatever, but um, like there were some concerning signs yesterday um, with Martinez. I have to say, like obviously they're like they're better than they've been for a long time, but people are saying they're like the best defense in the league right now or whatever. I think that's a little over the top. I think that. The one hole for them is the right back in, in Dallow. But I think Malice is great. I think Martinez, you know, he does have some things to improve on, but his 1v1 defending is really good. We saw him go up against Saka a couple of times yesterday. We saw him go up against Jesus a couple of times, and he came out on top, getting you know, getting balls away and then clearing balls. But, you know, Varane is Varane. He's he's going to be solid. And then, like I said, Dallow is the, yeah. the hole in that what defense. Say, yeah, what I will say is it looks like they have really good chemistry and that they really fight for each other which is something you want to see out of a back line. Mm-hmm. Especially after, you know, being implemented really through a coach's decision, dropping Maguire, dropping Luke Shaw, um, Aaron Wambasaka can't can't see the field right now. And, and and it's really working, and credit to Ten Hag on that one. But, and you know what I like too, Will, and you can, you can comment on this, but they said before the game, you know, McTominay kind of showed why he started over Casemiro yesterday. But like Will said, he's been playing great the last few games. And that's why he started yesterday against Arsenal. So even though Casemiro, we know, is one of the best midfielders in the world, um, how, what do you think of that decision from Ten Hag to you know play the man on form instead of playing a new signing who's one of the best in the world? Well, it's, it surprised me a little bit that McTominay kept his place, but Anthony came straight into the starting lineup. Um, but as far as McTominay, like I think that's a good statement. Like. I'm, I'm like we all know that Casemiro is eventually going to make his way into the team consistently, but um, Ten Hag like is probably a little surprised by what he's seen from McTominay so far, and he's rewarding him. Um, which yeah, I like that out of a manager personally. Yeah, totally agree. Um, we'll move on to uh, I kind of want to talk about Liverpool next. Will zero um, zero to Everton Merseyside derby. One of the biggest stars in the Premier League, um, even though it's not that competitive. But it was 0-0. It was a good game. I think Everton, you know, I caught the second half. It was an early morning game. But I think Everton uh, deserved to win. And I think watching that game, Will, I know uh, this is going to hurt you a little bit. But Anthony Gordon, he's great. That's the first real game I've seen from him. And, you know, and the Chelsea game too. But, you know, Chelsea kind of dominated that game. But he's, I'm so mad Chelsea didn't get him. Yeah, well. I, I, I didn't know really, he was that good until. until no, he, yeah, he he's definitely their best player. I didn't want. I wasn't able to watch that game, but I did see there was another VAR incident with offsides and Van Dyke maybe should have gotten a red card, whatever. Yep. Um, but it's kind of crazy. Like Liverpool have dropped a lot of points to teams that they have not dropped points to in the past like four or five years at all, and they've done it like they've dropped points pretty consistently now at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I want to talk. That's why I went to Liverpool next because I think that you're looking at the big six right now. I think Man United are back after having a bad, bad end to last season, bad start to this season. I think they're back. Uh, new identity, new team. Um, you know, new players came in. I think they're back. Um, I think Chelsea's back after a late, late winner from Kai Havertz who needed that this weekend. Um, and then they obviously have a Bombian coming in who can hopefully give them a solid front line uh, going forward. So and I, th- you know, Man City or Man City. I think Tottenham's back to what what they used to be with Conte. Um, they're a threat, and Arsenal obviously are a threat too. And I'm looking at Liverpool, and I'm thinking they're getting worse as the rest of the big six is getting a lot better. For sure, 
Yeah, it's almost like Liverpool are already in a top four race. It's almost like they've already like kind of fizzed out in the title race. And you think of the title race, and like you said, you think of Spurs, who are Spurs, and you know, Chelsea, like not a great start. Arsenal are still young. So it's really just like, like when you think about it, it's kind of just Man City. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen, but um, like from what we've seen so far, it seems like, for me personally, they could run away with the title. I, I did text you yesterday, Will. Um, I think this could be one of the best Premier League seasons of all time if a couple of teams get into what they could be. And I, you know, I love that Liverpool, you know, I don't I really don't like Liverpool. I love that they're they're struggling right now. Um, and I'm, you know what I'm sick of hearing, Will, from Liverpool fans is that they have injuries, but everyone has injuries right now. Um, they got Jota back uh, a couple of days ago, and they don't really have that many injuries. You know, their back line is solid. I know Joel Matip is out. Is that a big difference between him and Joe Gomez? No, it's not. Um, yeah, this has been great as well. So yeah, um, yeah. so I, it's a lot of excuses from Liverpool fans, especially from Jurgen Klopp. But right now they're struggling, and it's you know I'm kind of liking that, and they're kind of out of a title race, like Will said. But I texted yeah, you, I texted you after the Arsenal game yesterday that this could be one of the best Premier League season, and my reasoning for that is because I think if Man City, you know, they drop points again this weekend, they've dropped, they've done it twice already, um, and I think if they can, like, they if they can like really just drop points not even lose games like a couple times to like bottom bottom half teams like i think this title race could be insane because i think chelsea's coming up like i said i think arsenal will be right there Tottenham will be right there united will be right there yeah there's five in my opinion i know you might disagree there's five like i've already said it but there's five teams that can compete for a title if man city continue to drop points yeah well the past few seasons it's been like you can you if you want to be in the title race, you can't drop a single point against like bottom teams. And for the first time in a long time, it feels like that's not how it is this year. You know, if you drop points like every three or four games, you're still going to be close to the top. So we'll see how it unfolds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll move on though from that. Uh, moving on to really the the Chelsea game, two uh, one against West Ham. I think it was it was a great game. Uh, what, what what were your takeaways, Will? I know you didn't see much of it. You caught the second half, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, definitely a statement by Thomas Tuchel not to start. Um, some of the guys that have been consistent starters throughout the season, like Havertz, Jorginho, Mount. Um, but then, it's funny enough, those guys come on towards the end of the game and win the game. Obviously, there was that VAR controversy. But, like, I don't think... I think Chelsea fans are forgetting that that was not a good performance at all in a derby at home. Um, like, I was not pleased with what I saw in the second half. Obviously, Kai Havertz scored a great goal, a big game player, whatever. Um, but definitely still concerns for Chelsea. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, my, my biggest takeaway this this uh, in this game was not the fact that we need a striker, but the fact that putting in a striker who knows the spaces in and around the final third uh, is a huge impact for this Chelsea team, especially, you know, considering we can move a couple guys who have played there to the wings. Um, but I think the worst part about this Chelsea team this weekend was Connor Gallagher once again. Uh, I don't know. Well, you didn't see. I don't think you saw much of him, Will. Um, yeah. But Tuchel kind of put him in 
the starting lineup as like it was i don't even know what was going like will you looked at the starting lineup uh or you looked at the lineup like midway through the first half and sent me a picture and it's like it's just it's just a shambles really um but Connor Gallagher, he, I think he was trying to play a nine, but he was also like moving between like an eight and a ten, and it was just really weird. He was just running in a straight line back and forth, back and forth, and then he come yeah. and then he comes out for you know probably a better player in Kai Havertz and stuff like that. But but I think well, Tuchel needs to get something like, right. Chelsea have like four players whose best position are attacking men, like Mount Havertz, Gallagher, um, even Ziyech, like. We have a ton of players who are really good at attacking mid, and we don't play with a single one as a true attacking mid. Um, either you have to play out wide or you have to play in a pivot. So whenever like Pulisic or Gallagher are played out of position, I can't really blame them because that's not where they play. They're just trying to adapt to two-goal system. And I think that's more on the manager um, for playing them and keeping them around if he's going to play them in those positions. So... I think Gallagher is getting a little too much hate, to be honest. Um, even though I didn't see him yesterday, but he's being played out of position. Yeah, I mean, you bring up another point in Christian Pulisic. I think he lost the fans this weekend, to be honest. That's another player you didn't, I don't think you saw much of. Uh, the first half of this Chelsea game, you know, even the announcers were saying it was one of the worst halves of Premier League football that they've ever seen. Um, and I completely agree. It's hard to like not fall asleep during it. There was one shot from Kovacic. Uh, outside the box, it went way wide. That was the only shot for both teams in the whole first half. Um, but yeah, I think Pulisic lost. Going back to Pulisic, I think he lost the fans this weekend after what he did in, on transfer deadline day and a little a couple of days before that. You know, complaining that he didn't get a transfer and he's still at the club and stuff like that. Uh, Tuchel gives him an opportunity in this game, and I think he had the least amount of touches. And I, I didn't even know he was in the game uh, until he came out. So. What, what what are your thoughts on Christian Pulisic going going forward, Will? Yeah, I mean, I I think he's been dealt a really bad hand, to be honest. He's been played at wing back on the right wing. He's been played. I know yesterday he played left wing, or did did he play left wing yesterday? Right wing, right wing. Yeah, so he's still not playing his preferred position, um, and he has he's never really been given a stretch of games where he can start consistently and come into his own. Um, since since um, Project Restart. And so when you have players like Havertz and Mount who are consistently starting, even with subpar performances, but then um, you only get one start and you have like an okay game and then you get benched again, like that probably gets into your head a little bit. So I know a lot of Chelsea fans have turned on him. I'm still, I'm still um, like on the Pulisic bandwagon. I want Tuchel to give him, like, four or five games where he can start and see if he can get back to his, you know, purple patch form. Um, okay, so I have a... Hopefully he's given a run of games. Yeah, so I have a question for you. Uh, looking at the Chelsea front line, and this is the last thing on Chelsea. Um, after Will said that, I want to ask you, uh, Sterling, Aubameyang, Pulisic, or Sterling, Aubameyang, Havertz, slash Mount, which is better? Um, and do you think Sterling I, moves to the right and Pulisic to the left? Look, I think I think Sterling d- deserves a start in our best lineup, but I do think he's being overprotective a little bit. Overprotected, excuse me. Um, I don't like. I think Chelsea fans are overrating him a little bit. I know he has the most goals and whatever, but um, like, like it's it's a little concerning to see that he's maybe a little comfortable in this Chelsea side. 
Um, but I do think our best line right now would be Sterling, Aubameyang, Havertz on the right. Yeah, I agree. So that's going to wrap it up for our Prem Talk this weekend. Let's, uh, let's move on. All right, moving on. Champions League starts tomorrow. It's back. Uh, we're going to pick each group real quick right now. Uh, so moving on from the Premier League more to the uh, Champions League now. Let's go. Group A, Will. We got Ajax, Liverpool, Napoli, and Rangers. Uh, I'm going to be seeing Liverpool on Thursday nights, Will. And and Napoli and Ajax go through. Are you serious? A little bit of a hot take, but I think Napoli's better. Um, I, I think Ajax, Ajax lost a lot of players, but I think they're they're good in the Champions League always. And I'm going to see Liverpool in the Europa League on Thursday night. That's that's crazy. I'm not going to lie. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to say Liverpool win the group and Napoli finish second. I think Ajax have lost uh, a few key players. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I think. Liverpool is not good enough right now. Um, and Moving on to Group B, real quick, we got Porto, Atletico Madrid, Leverkusen, Club Bruges. Um, I'm going Atletico Madrid and probably Porto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Group C, we got Bayern, Barcelona, Inter, and uh, yeah, we got one more team that I'm not going to try to pronounce. Uh, so for me, I'm going to go Barcelona and Bayern. I don't think Inter is good enough this year to. This is, yeah, this is a good group. I actually think um, Bayern and Inter go through. I, I don't think Barcelona's all that, to be honest. I think Barcelona loses both games to Bayern, but I think they beat Inter and beat the other team. So, yeah. But, I mean, Inter's just, they've, they've lost a couple of players. Uh, I think, I don't know if you've been following Lukaku at all, Will, uh, as a Chelsea fan, but he's been really bad, apparently. I've talked yeah. to a couple of Inter fans. I've, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're still one of the best teams in Italy, so yeah, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, next group, uh, kind of like, this is kind of a good group, actually. A lot of even teams. We've got Frankfurt, Tottenham, Sporting, and Marseille. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go Frankfurt and Tottenham, probably, Will. Yeah, I'm going to go Spurs and Marseille. Okay. Yeah. So, group E now, we got. AC Milan, Chelsea, Salzburg, and Dinamo Zagreb. It's got to be Milan and Chelsea, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think Chelsea won the group. Yeah. Uh, group F, we got Real Madrid, RB Leipzig, Shakhtar, and Celtics. Got to be Madrid and Leipzig, right? Yep, no disagreements. Uh, group G, we got City, Sevilla, Dortmund, Copenhagen. Uh, I think... And I think, first of all, the Champions League is so scripted. Like, how is Man City playing Dortmund after getting Holland? How how is how is Bayern playing Barcelona after getting Lewandowski? You know, <laughs> Chelsea have been linked with a lot of Milan players, and they're playing them. I, it's just so it's wow. it's every year that's with a, this. That's a good point. Yeah, I think. I mean, they did the draw live on TV. Like, yeah, you know, there's always something like this in the Champions League, but. I'm going City. I'm going City and probably Dortmund. Actually, Sevilla hasn't been good this year, so. Yeah, well, neither have Dortmund. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say City and Sevilla. Okay. Um, last group here we got PSG, Juventus, Benfica. Um, I'm gonna go for PSG and I'm gonna go Benfica. Actually, they're good in the Champions League. Wow. Uh, I'm gonna play it safe and go PSG and Juve, but I will say I think PSG are gonna win the whole thing this year. I watched a few of their games at the start of this year and as long as the front three stay healthy, um, 
I, th- I think they'll win it all. All right, so yeah, so we'll move on to who we think is going to win. Um, I I disagree with that. I think there's better pace. I'm actually going to go for Real Madrid repeat. Uh, I think that the young players that were there last year have the experience now. Um, they've tasted what it's like to win. I think you know Benzema being what he is in the Champions League, just an absolute legend. Um, obviously they lose Casemiro's experience in the midfield, but they bring quality players in Chuameni and Camavinga, who was there last year. But I just don't see like. I'm looking. I'm looking at this, and I think Bayern could probably, you know, just make a run to the final as they sometimes do, just just randomly, like no one really thinks about them. Um, I'm looking at Bayern. I'm looking at Real Madrid. Obviously, PSG, like Will said, Man City is is always there. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go for Madrid. Will. Okay. Yeah, I mean Benzema. Benzema carried them hard this year, and at the start of this year, he hasn't really been the same. So they'll need him, but we'll see. Who do you think? Uh, who do you think is going to be the best player in the Champions League this year? Will surely it's got to be Holland, right? Uh, Neymar. Really? Yeah, I've i I've watched him at the start of this year. He's incredible. He's I mean he's been one of my he's been my favorite player for like eight years now. But I mean him or Mbappe are going to be the best player, I think. Somewhat of a comeback season for him, a little bit after kind of being disrespected in the off season and all of last year. As long as he stays healthy, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the biggest thing with him. For me, I'm actually going to take back what I said about Holland. I think he's really going to be put to the test. Uh, you know, he's being called tap in merchant in the Prem. Obviously, scoring ten goals in six games is insane, uh, especially in the Premier League. Um, but for best player, I'm actually going to go with uh, Sadio Mane on Bayern. Uh, Look how he's been playing the Bundesliga. He's probably been the best player in Bundesliga. Look how Liverpool have been playing without him. Um, so I'm going to go with Sadio Mane in this one for best player. That's bold. He's been playing center forward for them. Um, but yeah, he's gone right into Lewandowski's place. Yeah, and I think I think he scores. He's right up there with the top goal scorers this year in Champions League. Okay. Um, so that's that's really it. Champions League starting tomorrow. Um, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Thanks for listening once again. Will, thanks for coming on once again, of course. Yep, thank you for having me. So, new schedule for podcasts. I know I've mentioned it a couple times, but it's really getting started now with you know college football happening this weekend. So we got Monday. It's probably going to be Premier League slash Champions League every week. Um, Wednesday is going to be NFL, and then either Thursday or Friday for, for college football. So we're getting into it. Um, it's been hard. You know, school started been hard to you know keep up the schedule but that's gonna wrap it up for that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for this episode thanks for listening and see you on wednesday